Hi there and welcome to this week's edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast that is made by fans for fans uh, and the content is absolutely free. It's episode 72 of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Armstrong. Uh, we would encourage you to subscribe to the post, uh, the pod, sorry, and share on social media. Uh, the pod is live tonight. We're on the YouTube live, uh, but we are also available to download and stream tomorrow on Acast, iTunes, YouTube, CastBox, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, we had a couple of technical issues earlier on. This is a second go at this, so hopefully all is well and you can hear us. Uh, great day for Rangers today. Absolutely fantastic day. Brilliant. 2 1 win away to Celtic at Celtic Park. Title race blown wide open. Excellent performance from the team. Uh, Stephen Gerrard got it spot on. So we'll cover all of that. We'll go through all the talking points from today's uh, from today's game. We'll also have a look, a wee look at the Kilmarnock game. I don't think anybody's bothering about that now, to be fair. We look at the Kilmarnock game through the week. And we'll also have a wee discussion about, you know, going forward, uh, there's been stuff in the, the, the papers through the week about the future of Andy Kang and Greg Docker. Uh, some talk about Oliver Giroud being linked to Rangers. And obviously the, the, the January transfer window is coming up. So we'll have a wee discussion with the guys that are on tonight about what they what sort of business they expect Rangers to do. But all the, the, the main talking point tonight is about that great win today at Celtic Park. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Rangers fans... Wherever you are, I, I hope you're having the best time because it's been a long time coming that we got a result over there uh, and it was thoroughly deserved. We should have won the Cup a couple of weeks ago. We didn't and we've came back absolutely splendid today and I couldn't be prouder of everyone involved with the club. It was it was a great day. So let's get in about it. Uh, we'll, we'll have a look. Uh, we'll, I'll invite the, the guests to join us now. First up is David Fraser. Now, David has had some issues with his... Uh, He's internet tonight, but hopefully he's still there. David, are you there? I'm indeed, Colin. Yes, basking in the glory of a superb victory today at the Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> oh, you'll get, us, you'll get us thrown off the YouTube. Deary me, shocking. Uh, right, right, I'll, I'll watch. I'll watch. That, <laughs> uh, but no, great result, eh? Great result and great performance. Superb, superb. As you uh, neatly touched on there, the manager got it spot on, the players were up for it and uh, they didn't allow Celtic to play at all and, and thoroughly deserved a victory. Uh, did you have a nice Christmas? I suppose we should move away from that a wee bit and just, did you have a nice Christmas? Santa good to you? I did indeed, I Santa's usually always good to me, Colin. Yourself? Uh -huh, I'm a bit surprised at that, I never, put, I never had you doing as a good boy, I must admit. Uh, I always thought yeah. Santa would maybe give you a wee bit of miss, but no, it's not. I had a good one, yeah, busy, uh, cooking and all the rest of it but yeah it was good uh, got a nice watch and a couple of uh, albums and all that kind of thing so all good went uh, a vinyl, vinyl from the, the relatives uh, well one good one I got the white album so that was good that was I really enjoyed that one so yeah. that, was a that, was a, that was a quality present I enjoyed that one uh, and also join us, and I've never I've never been on the pod with, with this man before, but we've sort of had a few chats on Twitter, and we're kind of of the same age, and we, we kind of like the same things, you know, Subutio and retro stuff of the 80s and all that kind of thing. It's Ian Duff. How are you, Ian? Not too bad at all. Thank you, Cole. 
not too bad after that result today. <laughs> you should be absolutely bouncing. Yeah, uh, I think it's safe to say, definitely. It's been a long time coming, as you say. So Aye, it has. I think I was in my 30s last time I felt like this, to be honest with you. But there we go, that's another thing. How was your Christmas? It was okay, yeah. quite quiet yeah. compared to, uh, to to previous years. But yeah, kids are getting older, so it goes a bit a bit quieter. But there you go. Yeah, are your kids at the age now where it's no Santa, it's more trainers and all that kind of thing? Yeah, money. Money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, Aye. <laughs> one thing I've noticed. <laughs> one thing I've noticed with my kids is, you used to come down in the morning and they'd be like, you know, I don't know, maybe ten, fifteen boxes each you know, presents and all the rest. And it'd all be wee things, you know, you'd cover a couple of main things, but it'd all be wee things that maybe cost a ten and all that kind of thing. But you, you sort of looked at it based on the amount of parcels. Now there's only a couple of parcels, but both of them cost an absolute force. <laughs> Is that where you are? I was definitely getting that way. You know? yeah. <laughs> Aye, I know the feeling well. I know it very, very well. Right, guys, uh, <coughs> let's get in about the, the business today. I, I, again, I'm absolutely hyper. I, I, I watched the game myself the day. I'd actually overslept and ended up sort of sitting myself, cup of tea and a roll sausage. Uh, Ian, I'll come to you first. The, the, the starting 11, I, I got a text from my mate today saying he felt that Stephen Gerrard had went with his strongest starting 11. I thought it was quite a strong 11. I, I don't know if I'd say the strongest, but what were your thoughts on his starting lineup? Yeah. Uh, I think the only debate I would have in the starting eleven would have been whether you go for uh, Arfield or Kamara, and I think probably for that game Kamara is probably the better choice. So, so yeah, I would I think it was probably s- strongest available eleven for for the game today. Um, but yeah, I mean they they came out of the blocks absolutely uh, uh, flying, and uh, and we've been good in a lot of the games. In the first half an hour or so, and it, you know that it, it worked that way again today, and they just just seemed to uh, start really well, and you know that sets the the tone for the rest of the game. It's keeping it going for the whole game. That's the the key, really, isn't it? But yeah, but the the starting eleven I thought was was uh, was as good a, a decision as you could, could get. I think it was pretty much spot on. David, what about yourself? Uh, I mean, Ian said they're the only ones he would maybe question is Arfield. That's the one I would have went for. I'd I'd have questioned. You know, Kamara and Arfield, that's maybe the only two I'd question. But there's also this question about Katic or Holander. So, again, I know Holander's out, but do you think that's your strongest back four with Katic in it? Uh, I'm, I'm not too sure in that one, Colin. I think we're, we've, we've, we've got the, the luxury now of having a, a very good squad whereby, you know, we're having this kind of debate. Um, you know, a player drops in, there are you know, two players coming at the starting lineup, and we're, we're actually debating whether it's the strongest starting eleven, which is a, a healthy thing. Um, something that we've, we've not had in recent years until you know maybe the latter uh, part of Pedro Casinha's time and and Stevie Gerrard's time. So, um, but to to answer your question. I think there's pros and cons with regards to the, the centre halves. Um, obviously, Nico got a, a very important goal, as we'll, we'll, we'll come to later on in the show. Um, Scott Arfield, I, I hear what you're saying about Scott Arfield over Glenn Kamara, uh, what Ian's saying there. I think uh, Glenn Kamara is in the last four, five, possibly six weeks, I've, I've noticed a, a significant 
uplifting his game. He doesn't seem to be shrugged off the ball as easily as he, he was in the early part of the season. So um, I think it's, it's it's a flip of a coin. Scott Arfield's a, a very good player, a very experienced player, intelligent player in terms of his runs. But I think we've uh, I think we're in the, 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 the luxury position of being able to just, you know, Arfield drops out, Kamara comes in, or, or vice versa, and you know, but we don't really see too much in terms of the overall level of the side dropping, which is which is healthy. Ian, uh, kind of similar to the Betfred Cup final, uh, we we started really well. I don't think we we, we created quite as many chances today in the, the sort of first half hour as we did in the cup final, but you know, the game was played essentially in their half. You know, we we played really well, controlled the tempo of the game, controlled possession of the ball. But yet again, you know, there was that feeling we weren't taking advantage of, of, of being on top of things. Were you like me? You know, I started to get the fear at one point. I was like, oh, here we go again. You know, were you the same? Well, I mean, there was, I think there was just one half hour mark. I think there was a, a tweet came up from the official Rangers account saying it was nil-nil and uh, Rangers had the majority of the play, but hadn't been able to take any chances. And I just read that and I thought that just puts the fear of God into me because that was exactly the the, the way the, the last game went. And then about five minutes later, they get, well, not even that, a couple of minutes later, they get the penalty. And that was, you know, I was thinking, oh, here we go, you know. And all, I mean, I really did turn on that, really, to be honest. I think if that had gone the other way, then, then we could have, you know, we might have struggled. But yeah, it was. You know, there was that sort of deja vu thing again that just think we're so much in control here. But, um, but you know, fair play. And, and you know, yeah, the, the way the penalty turned out, it, it, it wasn't a goal for them, obviously. So uh, so we, were, we recovered from that straight away. But, um, but yeah, the, the potential there was uh, that uh, it could have just been the same old story again. And it's not even just in the, 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 the cup final. There's been a, a few games that we've been totally dominant in the first half an hour, 40 minutes, and then just sort of slackened off slightly the, the crucial moment in the Aberdeen game, I suppose, is the, the classic example of that. But yeah, no, it was, it, it was a worry, but um, but yeah, no, thankfully that didn't didn't turn out that way this time. David, uh, Ian's alluded to the penalty there, and, and it could have been a crucial moment. You know, after such a good start, you know, we've, we've, we've dominated possession, dominated the tempo of the game, as I said. You know, we seemed, there's been talk in the pod previously about game management and, and how that sort of, we've lacked that. But there seemed to be a, a good level of that today. We, we seem to be managing the game well, but just unable to get that goal. And then they get the penalty. Uh, the first question I'll ask you is, was it a penalty? I tell you, I would say it's a penalty. Um... Nikola Katic gets, you know, he results, you know, he, he, sorry, he, he, he results to, to pulling Julian's jersey and eagle-eyed Kevin Clancy spies it. So I would say it's a penalty. It would put it this way: if 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 the shoe's near their foot, um, which you you tend to, to look at uh, things uh, in that way as well, Colin. If if that's you know, our attacking centre half and. Julian Pools, Nikola Katic's jersey, then I'd be screaming for a penalty. I, I think I, would, I, I agree, uh, but the one thing I would say is how often do these get actually given? You know, that's a, that's a question. I mean, it probably is, uh, well, it is a penalty, no doubt about it. It's a foul. But how often do those fouls get given in, you know, 
penalty areas, you know, very rarely. Um, so it's just amazing amount of bad luck that uh, it happens when it's uh, a decision against us. But you know, that, that's, that's, I mean, that's that's my point. Uh, you know, how often, again, it, it comes down to a couple of things we've spoken about in the show in, in terms of the consistency. And I, I very, very rarely, I can't recall many penalties that have been given uh, for, for, for that sort of offence. Now, by the letter of the law, yeah, you, that is a penalty. Uh, but it, it comes down to the, the application of that law and you see it time and time again. Put it this way, I didn't see one Celtic player claim for a penalty. You know, and, and no none of the Celtic supporters claim for it. And yet the, the whistle goes, and nine times out of ten when you see that, when the ball comes into the box at a corner kick and you hear the whistle go, you think, oh, it's a free kick the other way. And he's given it. And another thing I found quite strange, he, he booked both players. You know what right. I mean? That, I found that quite strange. But yeah, by the letter of the law, absolutely, it's a penalty. But again, it comes down to this consistency and the application of that law that, that's the issue. Uh, and that, that, that's the big thing I'd question. I would agree with what you're saying, Colin. I, I think you're, yes, you know, if you're watching replays of it in the television, you know, it looks blatant. It's obviously slowed down. And, you know, it, it seems, as I say, very blatant. And Clancy had a, he'd a, he'd a decent position to, to view it. Now, you're saying there he booked both players. I think, he, you know, he, he spoke to to um, defenders and at, at corner kicks numerous times during the game. So, but I think you've got a point in terms of how, how it's applied. But, you know, penalties should be given for stuff like that. So, you know, as I'm sure we'll come in later on in the show, you know, it seems that uh, if, if there's consistency with these decisions, then the majority of football supporters wouldn't have a problem with it. That's, I mean, that's my biggest issue. I mean, that's Eddie and uh, McGregor saves it. Now, I, I suppose you could argue that it wasn't the, the greatest penalty kick from, from Ryan Kissy, but, uh, Christie, sorry, but I don't think it was a bad one. You know, maybe a, a decent height for a goalkeeper, but he's put plenty of power in it. You know, and it wasn't too close to the centre of the goal. And, you know, I, I, the point I'm trying to make here is, is McGregor. I, I don't think he's he's been as, as integral this season as he has been in other seasons. Maybe that's a sign of, you know, we're defending better and we don't rely on him so much. But again, at a big, big moment, he steps up and, and, and pulls that, 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 that save out, you know. Well, it just reminded me of uh, the, the Samaras penalty, however many years ago that was. And, you know, you're just wanting your big players to do the job when they're called upon. And McGregor's one of our big players and he's done the job. And, you know, yeah, OK, it wasn't a brilliant penalty, but it was a, you know, a free shot at goal from 12 yards out and he stopped it. And, you know, and, you know, that's, you know, most goalkeepers wouldn't in that situation. So he's done exactly what you wanted them to do. And, you know... You know, at that point, I thought, you know, this, I felt the same as I did in the Samaras uh, game as well. That, that was going to uh, be a, a major turning point. And, you know, I think it, it proved that. I mean, there was a lot of still, stuff still happened, obviously, in the game. But um, but that that could have been the moment where we crumbled and uh, it, it didn't happen. And, you know, that that's largely down to McGregor um, pulling off that save and, you know, what what I liked as well about it was his reaction after it. You know, it wasn't you know jumping about, celebrating, cheering, you know, and all the rest. It was just get on with it. Let's we've got a corner here to defend as well. So uh, just get your position and get on with it. And uh, and 
you know, fair play they did. Yeah, job done and let's deal with the next job kind of thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Aye. Uh, David, now, uh, as, as Ian sort of suggested earlier on, you know, if Celtic score that penalty, the game takes a different sort of path then and who knows how it would have went. You know, it would have been a big mental blow for the uh, for for the team to recover from. But McGregor makes the save and, and shortly after, I think it's only five or ten minutes after that, the goal comes uh, and it was a great goal. And I, I, I mean... Chris Boyd and Chris Commons and everyone at the time talked about oh it's a great finish by Kent but the actual move see when you look at it the move starts in, in, in our box you know sort of Davis gives it to Kamara goes back to Davis out to Aribo back to Kamara on again to Davis and this is all like we we triangles in our half uh, and then it goes to Aribo who sort of puts it down the line to Morelos he cuts inside gives it to Kamara he plays it wide to Jack. Jack out to Barisic. Barisic in, Kent, bang, goal. The move, I, mean, I think it was like 12 or 13 passes. I'm not saying it, it was up there with, you know, a sort of Rod Wallace uh, against Dortmund, but it is an excellent move. You know, 12, 13 passes from our own half. At times, we're, we're being hemmed in. You know, there's a press going on. And the likes of Kamara and Davis... Uh, and a reboot. It's all nice, one one touch, two touch stuff in a triangle. They, they they play it through that sort of press and get it out to. Once it gets out to Morelos, once they're out, the, you know the chance is on. And it was a great goal, an absolutely brilliant goal. Definitely, definitely. I, I totally concur with what you're saying. I think the, I think that the players, um, how they're executing there, it, it's just it, it backs up. They must be the the coaching. You know, it's just went up several levels. Um, Mick Beale and uh, Gary McAllister, you know, Tommy Colshaw, they, 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 what they're imparting to the players and, you know, the, the players are receiving it. I know, I know Ryan Jack didn't he, you know, a, a great game by his high standards this season today, but he, still, he, he was still excellent. For me, Glenn Kamara and, Steve, and especially Stephen Davis in the middle of the park were outstanding. And the way you've, you've mentioned it there, you know, when there was a press on, Rangers seem to, you know, they seem to find space by moving the ball efficiently and uh, precisely. And there's an incisiveness to their passing, you know, with how they move up the park. It's, it's good to watch, especially when, when when they speed up. I know it's, it's sometimes it's difficult when you're getting bogged down and, and you've got organised um, two banks of four or however, you know, a team sets up tactically to try and nullify your pass in the middle of the park. But when Rangers move the ball quickly, they've done it in Europe. Uh, and then they've done it in, in, in some games at, uh, domestically. But when they move the ball sharply, Rangers can be an exceptional team to watch. You know, very, very easy in the eye, which is, is heartening from a, a, a supporter's perspective. But, you know, the, the cutback for the Borna Barisic leaves into a plate and then Ryan Jack, just, uh, sorry, Ryan Kay, <laughs> just shows why uh, Stevie was, was you know, chanting the bit to spend money on him to bring him back up the road permanently. So, Aye, a tremendous goal and a, a tremendous fill-up for the supporters in the, that, you know, the restricted view corner. Um, especially as you see after the penalty save, they got their part and, and you know, score such a a very, very good goal. You know, it was it bode well for the, the rest of the afternoon. Aye, uh, a, a big shout out to, to some of the punters the day, by the way, the, the 800 in the corner. I saw some of the images uh, you know, in terms of the view that they had for their 47 quid or their 50 quid or whatever, and it was quite shocking. But, hey, they, they, they got a great day, so uh, I'm glad they enjoyed it. Ian, 
you know, these kind of moments make games and, and, and Rangers have, have got themselves in front. Uh, they only held on to it for four minutes, so Celtic get the equaliser uh, fairly quickly. The, the two things come out of this the, the goal for me. One, the, the Ryan Jack's sort of attempted tackle on uh, Edward. I, I, I mean, there was... It, there was two or three chances to, to get it off him, I thought. But, but when it came to Ryan Jack, he had a real chance. And they tried this sort of strange sort of back heel thing to sort of back heel it back up the park rather than just win the ball. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? I thought it was a, a sort of strange tackle. It was, but I mean, I think, you know, by that stage, the, you know, we, we should have, I can't remember who the two, uh, two midfielders who, who were beaten in the, the middle of the park before it came through to as far as Jack were. But they, they sort of unusually sort of walked through them quite easily. Uh, Jack sort of dived in and then I could see what he was trying to do. He was trying to sort of retain possession rather than just pushing it into the path of somebody else. But um, your first job, I suppose, is to win the ball and, and get rid of it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that was... That was un- unfortunate, but I mean, the, the, these things happen. the The way the ball uh, broke, and then you know the the, the goal itself. I mean, it, you know, apart from, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to talk about the whether it should have stood or not. But I mean, it was it was a fluke more than anything, wasn't it? I mean, it just uh, it hit uh, Edward and uh, and diverted into the net, and you know that was the only way that I felt that Celtic were going to get a goal uh, at all. Uh, Today, because the you know the Rangers, generally speaking, were were snuffing them out pretty easily, um, so they they got the they got a break with the the deflection, um, and then there's a question of whether it should have stood or not. I mean, personally speaking, it looked like a clear handball to me, so um, to me it should have been disallowed. But you know, again, incredibly unlucky. The referee didn't manage to spot it, so that's the breaks. That I mean, that that leads us on to the next sort of topic of debate and I'll bring the two E's in on this Ian I'll come to you first that I mean right after that I, I saw lots of uh, Rangers supporters on Twitter saying you know we need to introduce VAR uh, personally speaking I'm I'm not a big fan of it I, 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 I'm not saying that it's not got its, its pluses but how it's been used at the moment particularly in the Premiership suggests to me that there, there's still huge problems around it and given the sort of parochial nature of the Scottish game especially when it comes to Rangers and Celtic I think it would cause more problems than it would solve up here but, but I mean that's just my uh, opinion I'll come to you first and then, then I'll go to David VAR yes or no? Definitely no I'm not even whether it works brilliantly or not, I'm not interested in it. I just don't think it's something that we need in the game. You know, I, I get that there was there's decisions in this game and decisions in the cup final that, you know, we would have benefited from if, if it had been implemented properly. You question whether or not, you know, people are going to be happy with the decisions that are made on VAR anyway, whether, you know, whether they'll agree with the, the decision. It's, you know, it's still the same referees and uh, officials are uh, making the interpretation of it as it would be on the pitch. So, yeah, I, I just don't think it adds anything to the game that, that we can't, you know, live without. I mean, uh, you know, for me, you know, it, it's just it's just a no-no. And, you know, you look at that game, I mean, I, I, mean, I haven't examined all the ins and outs of all the, the decisions, but, you know, even if we had benefited from that decision and that situation 
who's to say there won't be other situations throughout the game that we you know we don't benefit from so so you know what what's improved you know so we might have got that goal disallowed but we might have had another goal chopped off for something else I don't know whatever so to me it, I, I I just don't think it's I want it in the game at all I'm just I'm quite happy with I'm quite willing to put up with poor referees decisions go wrong. <laughs> well I would I would just rather we had good referees that would be yeah. you know he's making decisions getting the right decisions but you know I'm not going to pretend that that's likely to happen every time for various reasons but you know just have to live with it you know that, that to me it, it's just, overall I just don't think it's uh, it's an improvement to the game I just think you know, it's, it's detracting away from the, the the nature of the game I know a lot of people will say that you know it's just a dinosaur attitude but you know I'm a dinosaur <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind I'm quite happy to, to be yeah, I mean I'm the same I'm the same what about yourself David I mean the whole VAR thing I mean right after the, the, the Rangers game today and you know you're watching as I said and there was a lot of it after the cup final as well you know with the offside goal that Celtic got you know if VAR was in place you know they wouldn't have got it and all that kind of thing but there was a really really good example today down in England in the, the Liverpool Wolves game where Wolves got a goal chopped off where, where the guy honestly where I think he's his his pinky nail was was an inch offside or something like that, you know, and it just feels to me that it's created more problems down south than it's solved. Uh, as, as I said earlier, the, 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 I'm not writing it off totally. I, I don't like it, but I'm not saying that it, that it couldn't be used. But how it's been used at the moment down south uh, to suggests to me that it's not working. What about yourself? Do you think we would benefit from VAR up here? Uh, it's difficult to say, Colin. Um, it's a very topical discussion just now with regards to, to a lot of the controversy that's going on down south. Um, I've seen the, the incident that you refer to in the, the Liverpool Wolves game. There's been uh, incidents in the game last night between Spurs and, and Norwich. Um, obviously, Man City and Wolves uh, a couple of days back. Um, I'm in favour of VAR. Um, if, if we're using the English. Um, implementation of it as a template then I wouldn't be um, I, I, I'm struggling to get my head around how it would actually be introduced in Scotland but we'd, we'd be going down the route of professional referees oh, there's, you know, there's, it's a complex thing is it affordable in, in Scotland for some of the smaller clubs I don't know um, that's leaving aside you know, how the, you know, the kind of parochialism of the, the kind of referee and goldfish bowl in the country uh, if you put me in a spot, would I be in favour of it? Not as it's currently been rolled out in England. Um, I, th- I actually thought that, that VAR, um, when it was used in the World Cup, um, actually enhanced uh, some of the, the, the games. When I, I like the idea of the, the referee um, making the decision. And then if, he, if there was any debate over the decision, he would run over the touchline, study a screen, see the replays and then he would either, you know, he'd make his call, whether he'd, he'd made a mistake and overrule himself or whatever. Um, how it's been um, it's been used down south, I'm not too sure. Um, so I think to, to, to answer your, your question, I would say currently no. Uh, I mean, I would agree. I, 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 I slightly disagree with the World Cup thing. I, I, I found that I'd actually sometimes think it, that, that situation you're talking about when the referee goes over and looks at the screen, 
I think if he's getting someone in his ear saying you might have got that wrong, it actually puts pressure on him to put the decision the other way. And I think we saw that in the final because France got a penalty, which I didn't think was a penalty. And uh, it just, I don't know. I'd, 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 I met Ross, uh, Ross Bennett, fellow host from the podcast, just before Christmas. Uh, but we're going to the young boys game. And he came up with a suggestion that I thought was pretty good, which was he thinks it should be used in a similar way to how it's used in the tennis, you know, in Wimbledon. So you've got three challenges. So the referee referees a game. If something happens that one team thinks, actually, you know what, I think there might be something in that. They've got the, the, the opportunity to challenge it. I think that would maybe make it workable. Who, who, think, makes that, who makes that shout, though? I mean, do, <coughs> you have, do you have somebody sitting on the sidelines from your your technical staff watching the game on the screen? And, you know, I, I, I just think, just get on with the game, you know. Yeah, if, yeah. If decisions are wrong, they're wrong. And I know that when you see when decisions go against you, you hate it, and you you want everything to uh, to be done that will overturn that. And I understand that, but at the same time, you know, it's just it's part of the game. It's just a game, you know. So we just need to get on with it and and, and accept that sometimes decisions are wrong. I, mean, I, 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 I think, sorry, uh, David, I think you're right, Ian. I, I think part of the, 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 the sort of driving force behind VAR is supporters and, and people within the game, managers and players, feeling that, you know, that will sort all the ills, that everything that VAR does will... But it's not. It's also going to work against you. No, the fact that it's, then they will come in, to Scotland, in Scotland, and there's no doubt about it. But you guarantee, I'll guarantee you when the first time it is used in a, a Rangers-Celtic game, to whatever side it benefits, there will be absolute mayhem. Uh, not, I don't, I don't mean there'll be riots or anything like that, but I mean, you know, there'll be, the reaction will go through, you know, whatever we've seen in England, it will be nothing compared to that because you know what it's like, you know, already. Uh, and this will just magnify the whole thing and it'll just, you know, people think it'll, It'll solve the solve the problems. It'll it'll wipe out the the so-called corruption or, or whatever you want to call it, but it won't. It'll just shift it to somewhere else, and uh, you know the, the same arguments will be be held about the whether you can trust the people behind the the cameras or whether you can trust the people sitting in the room watching it. You know, it, it's just never going to end. So we might as well just say, look, let's just forget it and get on with it and take it as it comes. That's just my opinion. David, sorry, you were going to come in there. Sorry. I was just going to say, lads, I think it, you could make a case that it's undermining the, the authority of the referee. I mean, down in England, you see every every single decision, every goal, anything that's in a pe- and happens in the penalty box, it's all been re-refereed in the studio. It's totally part. So um, I think it's detrimental. Um, so, I mean, a lot of games recently have been lasting 97 and 98 minutes. I mean, so the game's changing. Um, I think the media have got a, a big part to play here. I mean, they they championed the, the introduction of um, video uh, technology to to get the you know the the big decisions correct, uh, and yet the, the media are criticising the implementation of it. So, well, that's um, that's, I, the, that's really annoying thing now as well, isn't it? Because they, you know we've heard for the last three or four years, you know they've been pushing it because it's part of their narrative and they they want to have something to discuss and all the rest of it. And now that's you know turning out to be a bit of a a shambles and a lot of people are reacting against it suddenly they're all saying oh, oh well, you know this is terrible whoever wanted this in the first place you're just getting you know you're getting what you deserve and all and it, it was them that bloody were pushing it in the first place you know so 
I kind of feel that a lot of this is down to, you know, the increased uh, TV coverage of football. You know, when I think back to when I was growing up in the, the sort of 80s, you know, decisions were kind of just accepted. You know, there wasn't these huge discussions after it, this sort of sort of microscope on the, on the referee's performance and every single decision. You know, whereas once Sky came in and they had umpteen cameras in, in every single position of the stadium to see things from a hundred different angles, that, that increased the pressure on referees and then it, it increased their knowledge and how many decisions they were actually getting wrong. And then, and then the, 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 the sort of knock-on effect to that is we need to try and find a solution. So it needs to be, you know, TV evidence and VAR and all this kind of thing. But I, I think Ian's got a point. I, I don't think it's... So, and, and how it's been implemented down south shows that it's it's far from a perfect system. It doesn't solve the ills. It just shifts it, as Ian said. You know, so before VAR, we needed VAR. Now VAR's in down south. Oh, that's an absolute, you know... We need better VAR. Yeah, aye. And, and I think you're right. If it came up here... If, if something happened in an old firm game where, where VAR stepped in and got it wrong, you know, because it has got it wrong. It's got it wrong on more than one occasion down south. So if VAR came in and got something catastrophically wrong, I think the fallout for that would be enormous. But they don't, you, they don't even need to get it wrong. I mean, you know, you know fine well up here that if if a decision goes against, uh, against Celtic, then their supporters will go absolutely berserk because that's the nature of what they've been doing for the last... Well, I don't know how many years, but certainly in my lifetime, you know, I think back as far as the 1987 League Cup final, the 86 League Cup final, uh, as soon as his first League Cup, uh, first trophy. And that game, which was, uh, the decisions in that game were all pretty straightforward, and yet you're still hearing about it 35, 40 years later. They're still complaining about the decisions that happened in that game. So, you know, it's never going to change these kind of men- that mentality that you know if anything that's probably why you know the one one of the few reasons why it might not come in in Scotland is because it would actually take away one of the the uh, big excuses I suppose is that <laughs> they like to rely on so you know maybe maybe we won't see it up here for for reasons you might not expect looking at it from the outside so um, can we take it that you know, unanimously on on the pod tonight that we're saying no to VAR. Ian, no? I definitely no. David? No. Oh, he must have dropped off. Ah, well, he's gone. David's looks gone. Like it looks like David's gone. It's just, me and you, it's just me and you from here on in, Ian. Uh, it was always a possibility. As I said at the start of the show, he's, he's, his internet was playing up a wee bit, but uh, he's dropped off now. Uh, Ian, going into the second half now, given how it had went uh, and, you know, we'd, we'd got in front and we'd only held on to it for, for, for four or five minutes and Celtic have got back in the game, you know, and given what happened in cup final, you know, going into the second half, there was part of me thinking, you know, I, I don't know if the players will have it in them to keep going because they're, they're just not getting the breaks. But the total opposite happened. They actually continued from... from where they sort of left off in the first half and, and sort of dominated the possession, dominated the tempo of the game, controlled the game very, very well, which I think has shown a, a maturity to, to, to this squad. I think Gerard's brought them on leaps and bounds in the last sort of 18 months and this year, uh, this season in particular. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there was legitimate questions were being asked about whether the mentality of the team was strong enough and whether the players uh, were, were bottlers and all that sort of stuff when it, when push came to shove. I read some things saying, you know, when it's come to must-win games, you know, we've, we've fallen uh, that, that hurdle every time. And, you know, that you know, maybe that is the case. I think, you know, certainly in the cup final and a couple of the semi-finals last season, then that, that definitely was the case and maybe a couple of games in Europe as well. But, you know, I think the the European games have been a major, a major assist in that because, you know, the the young boys game, you know, that could quite easily have um, really gone pear shaped. Um, I mean, they nearly did anyway, but we, we managed to managed to struggle through it, and uh, I think that helped. And then I think just the, you know, the the reaction from the the cup final is has been impressive because. That that more than today could have been the 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 real killer blow for the season because you know as, as you're up there you're going for the trophy by most considerations we won you know we deserve to win the game we're well on top with far by far the better team but didn't win and when you see the other team lifting the trophy and you're going off and you don't win it it can work both ways it can either drive you on to improve and then when you come into that situation the next time then you're ready for it or it could knock you for six and and you know when you're up against it the next time then you remember that and you you fail so i'm glad to say that they've uh, they've reacted superbly and and that from that point and uh, then today when when you know the chips were down and they they stepped up you know and, you know you've got to, got to hand it to them i mean i think you know i think the management team has instilled something they've, they've picked good good players and they've they've instilled something in them yeah i'd agree with that and i think david's back with us. david are you there I'm indeed. Can you hear me, guys? Yeah, yeah you're back. You're back in the game. Uh, we're, we're just talking about it just before uh, Rangers equalise, so probably you got the last bit of uh, Ian's chat there. Uh, in, in, in terms of just before the goal, just before Cat has just got the goal, uh, we had a corner kick and a penalty claim, but it seemed like Aribo was getting his jersey, you know, hauled off his back. Now, given the, the, the decision earlier in the match, David, why is Clancy not given that? That's the $64,000 question, isn't it? Um, well, he was eager eye to, to spy Nico Katic pulling Julian's jersey. How come he can't see Ryan Christie pulling Joe Aribo's jersey? You know, it's just it's inconsistencies, you know, that, that, that get people, you know, speaking about inconsistencies and, and you know, whether referees are competent, et cetera, et cetera. That's what drives fans nuts. Uh, and, and fuels conspiracy theorists. Um, but I, I mean, I, I dare say you've probably talked about the uh, Edward's goal in inverted commas when I was um, off. Yeah, line. when you I, dropped off. I mean, that, that, that's that, that's Kevin Clancy. You got a great view of that. I think you know, Chris Boyd mentioned it in the Sky coverage. Um, that, that's you know, if the ball comes off, even if it's accidental, it, it's you know. It, the goal should be disallowed. So he knows the rules. He applied the rules to the letter of the law with certain situations, but didn't in other situations, which then gets you asking questions about his integrity. So there's absolutely no doubt that Joe Arrivo's shirt was pulled and it should have been a penalty. So um, there'll be other people who will pour over that or not, as the case may be. But 
you know, yet again, we're, we're talking about the competence of Scottish officials. And we've been talking about that ever since I've been, <laughs> been, uh, been, bre- been breathing. <laughs> We've well, certainly been talking about it since this pod started 72 oh. episodes ago, you know. Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, we, we've never done talking about it whenever we, no. you know, we, we join up and speak about, about the game. So, um, aye, it's just, it's, you know, thankfully, we, we, we didn't fall foul our referee's decisions today in terms of the overall outcome. But there's, there's no doubt about it. You, you could... You could be forgiven for coming to the conclusion that Rangers were up against 12 men today. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to discuss Kevin Clancy shortly. Uh, he's, he's definitely something that I, I, I want to discuss. But we'll, we'll talk about a couple of things first. Ian, the, the, I mean, the, the goal from Katic himself. Now, he's shown, now, again, it's, it's, he's someone we've spoke about in the show previously. Uh, you know, he's wholehearted. There, there are times he... You know, he sort of throws himself into headers and, and misjudges them and, and, you know, and takes himself out of the game entirely sometimes. You know, he's a bit rugged and a bit and a bit rough around the edges. But, I mean, he's totally committed. And when you consider the amount of chances we had in the, in the Betfred Cup final, Goldson had more than one chance uh, at set pieces. Hollander had a couple and, the, you know, they, they, they didn't really direct him towards goal. Cartage header. Abs- it was a peach, absolute peach of a goal. Yeah, it was an absolute classic. I mean, you know, he he totally outjumped the the defender, got the header on target, loads of power in it. Keeper didn't have a chance. You know, he put it in exactly the right place. It was a brilliant cross as well. So I mean, you know, it was it was almost on a plate for him. But um, yeah, I mean, you're right what you say. I mean, he's he's a bit rough around the edges, but you know, he's a he's a wholehearted player. He puts everything into it, and you know, that's exactly what you want. He's not a you know he's not reckless with any. Stretch of the imagination. I've, you know, no, I don't recall ever seen him get in and a tackle where it would uh, injure a, an opponent. I don't recall him uh, doing anything uh, dangerous. But you know, he's he's fully committed all the time, and you know that's exactly what you want from your your defenders, and and especially when they get in the other team's uh, penalty area. And I, I think I saw a, a stat somewhere saying that Rangers had scored eleven goals from headers this season, which is about three or four more than. Than anyone else, and when you consider the, the style of football we would play, we're not, you know, route one lumping into the box all the time. You know that that, that would suggest that we're improving in the, the set piece front as, as well. Um, so you know, that's that's a good a good sign. And I think you know, yeah, I mean, I, I had a feeling he was going to yeah, score today. I don't know why. He just had that that sort of feeling about it. He seemed to be quite dominant in the, the penalty area and was causing a lot of. Concerns for the the Celtic defence, so and, and they're they're big players as well. So I mean, you know, he's he's not going against a bunch of uh, wee guys there. You know, he's 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 in and he's he's got way above them and, and got his head onto it. And you know, that that's exactly what you want when you when you're winning these corners. You want to take advantage of it as well as you can. Well, you're you're saying you had a feeling he was going to score with the, the initial corner. The one where Aribo should have won the penalty. The minute that corner was awarded, uh, my wife was sitting having a cup of tea next to me on the couch. I turned to her and I went two one catch, and it went right over and out for the other corner kick. And then the second one, when the second one went in, I was like, I tell you, I tell you. And she's got absolutely no interest in football whatsoever. So <laughs> I don't know why I was telling her. Probably because she was the only one there. But uh, I, I, I kind of had a feeling as well. I, I, I just think he's, he's. A real threat at set pieces, uh, corner kicks and free kicks, and uh, I'd 
chuff for him because he's you know he's been in and out the side. He's had a wee bit of a rougher time of it than he maybe should have, in my opinion. You know, he's been unlucky not to get more game time. So delighted uh, that he got the goal. David, uh, I've got a wee list of players to note for today. Now, the whole, the whole team played outstanding today, but <coughs> excuse me. Uh, there was three or four that I thought deserved a mention. Steve Davis, I thought was outstanding today. Two uh, brilliant goal line clearances. The only sort of chances you would say that Celtic had in sort of open play. Connor Goldson, I, I thought, you know, he's had he's had a bit of stack, and some of it's been deserved. But I thought today he was he was he was absolutely outstanding. Barisic again, you know, the, 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 you know the assists and everything he does. He's he's turned his career around brilliantly at Rangers, and today I thought he was outstanding. Tav again, another one that's had a bit of stack. I thought was outstanding. And Morelos, I know he got sent off. Yeah, we'll come on to discuss that, and I know he never got his goal. But I thought he led the line superbly well. Uh, thoughts? Anyone that you 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 thought stood out today? Um, no, I would, I would agree with, with the, your list there. Um, I, I genuinely thought the whole team were excellent. Um, I, I think Bora Barisic got the, the man of the match. Um, that he just shaded it possibly uh, over Steve Davis. I thought the whole the whole side were, were excellent. The back line were, were brilliant. I mean, McGregor. Um, saved a penalty. Um, Odds and Edward had uh, one shot on target other than the, the, the deflected goal, which had never stood. So Al McGregor's done his job. He was a camera influence at the back. Um, the back line were excellent. I, I can only recall um, Julian having one free header uh, where they'd, they'd obviously worked on a tactic using Ayer to block off Katic picking up Julian at, free, at, at set plays particularly corner kicks. Um, I concur with what you're saying about Conor Goldson. Um, he's had a sticky patch of late where he, he was looking pretty jaded, in my opinion. Um, starting to make some some questionable decisions um, when it came to, to passes of play. Same with James Tavernier, but you know, I, I've, I'm not a broken record here with, with James Tavernier. He, he, James Tavernier's up and down the park for the first whistle to the last. So, I mean... He kind of he's he's bound to make the odd error, you know, whether he's he's tired or he can't get back in time or whatever, and that tends to to be highlighted. But I thought the whole side were excellent, the midfield were excellent, um, the three players uh, up front were excellent. I thought Ryan um, Kent was brilliant, just the way he was running about, covering ground. Same with Joe Arriba. Joe Joe looked a wee bit leggy um, at times, you know, there were a couple of half chances. I seem to recall when uh, passes a play when. When Alfie played him in, and the, the, the pass was just slightly overhit, and he, he shanked it, he cut across it. When you're expecting that a player has ability to, to get at least get a shot in target, I was actually expecting to score. Um, but you know that aside, you know, Joe or Evil was good. The whole team were good. Um, I, I couldn't really pick out one, but if you if you force me to, I would say the toss up between Steve Davis and Bonner Barris, I'd say for like Davis just about is isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with what you're saying there, David. I think everyone to a man, but I, I do think there was three or four that that, that, that really stood out. Uh, for me, man in the match was Davis. I thought he, he absolutely dictated and controlled the tempo in, in, in that midfield area. Uh, but, you know, they were all sort of stars today, every single one of them to a man. Maybe Ryan Jack aside, I thought he had a poor first half, but he's done so well for us overall that, you know, you can forgive him for that. You know, he was part of that victory today and he done his bit. Every one of them done their bit. So, no, 
brilliant stuff uh, and, and chuff for all of them. Let's get on to uh, the, one of the main things from today, guys, the, the performance of Kevin Clancy. Now, going into the last few minutes, uh, Morelos, through and goal, uh, takes a dive, second yellow and off. Now, again, going back to what we were discussing with decisions earlier on with the penalty and stuff like that, by the letter of the law and all that kind of thing. But again, it, it comes down to the, the application of those laws. Uh, one thing I thought, I thought Morelos's first booking was a shambles, an absolute embarrassment of a booking. I think Scott Brown buys it. Uh, I think Ryan Christie should have been sent off for a foul. He was already on a booking. Uh, basically grabbed Morelos by his manhood and hauled him to the ground. Uh, Bolingoli was probably a worse one. You know, he's already been booked and he takes, I, th- I, th- I think it was Tav, uh, out, out of the game altogether. No second yellow. He had four minutes on. And I don't know where he got the four minutes, but the four minutes became sort of six and a half. And, you know, everything about his performance today, even although we won, uh, a lot to criticise about his performance today when it came to how he, he refereed Rangers players in particular. Ian, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think we're all, we've, we've spoken about uh, our wanting consistency in decisions and uh, that's what you're not getting and that you know the, the Morelos booking the first one um, is a prime example of how many other players would have got a yellow card for that I and mean, I, I don't think many would have it was a it was a foul no doubt about it but it was if I remember correctly it was his first foul it wasn't anything particularly uh, heavy-handed it wasn't you know he, he just sort of barged into him basically and uh, Brown as you say went down uh, uh, quickly but you know th- these things happen but it was, certainly was, it didn't look like a, a yellow card to me uh, and you know that then left uh, Morelos sort of on the edge for the rest of the game and you always kind of always feel that the referees are, are so desperate not well, it depends how you look at it, whether you think they're desperate to, to send them off or whether you think they're just desperate not to be criticised for not sending them off. And, uh, you know, I'm always thinking that once once uh, Morelos has had one yellow card, then there's a, a fairly good chance he's going to pick up another one at some point because of the con- controversy that will uh, result if he doesn't get one later on. And that's exactly what happened. So, like... like uh, uh, in the previous game where uh, where Steven Gerrard said uh, the referee looked like he was desperate to show a yellow card then that's a, a red card that's what it felt like uh, today as well thankfully it was so late in the game that it didn't really matter so so that's that's, that's good uh, but uh, it, could, it could have been different if it had been earlier on but yeah generally speaking you know re- refereeing performances are when you start to look at them closely uh, leave a lot to be desired there's always there's always a few decisions that you would uh, you would think are strange to say the least, um, but you know, I can't. I've, I've now uh, put my stall out against far, so there's not much I can do about it. <laughs> but I would, I would just like to see them actually just do their job properly. Properly, yeah. David, Kevin, Clancy, discuss. Is he dropped off again, David? It looks like he's gone. Ian, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. (laughs) Yeah, okay. It's just me and you. He's showing up. He's showing up. I've got three participants, but he's 
they obviously can't hear us. Uh, so we'll just need to go over the two years again. Yeah, so I mean, Clancy's performance, I would agree. I, I mean, some of the stuff I thought was pretty poor today. And, and in terms of Morelos, I, we've spoken about this in the pod before. I think he gets refereed to a different standard. I think you're right. I think so the narrative around Morelos is so uh, severe, if you want to put it like that, that, that I think maybe referees feel that they have to do something. And every time he, he sort of even bumps into players, it's not supposed to do in, in the, the sort of early moments of the game. Anytime he bumped into anyone, three or four Celtic players are running around him, shouting at the referee, expecting some sort of retribution. And I think referees are giving into that. The, the, to me, the whole narrative around Morelos has to change. I don't think he's he's the the, the type of player that, that you know he's made out to be. Uh, and, and Kevin Clancy's performance overall, I thought today was, was pretty poor. But well, the thing was the the I mean going going on to uh, Morelos, the, the narrative was starting to change again after last season. Obviously, uh, you know. There was all the red cards that he got and the controversies that he was dragged into. This season had been completely different until maybe about a month ago, and then we suddenly started to get in a little bit more sort of uh, you know focus on things that he was supposedly doing or not doing in, in certain games and uh, things that had happened. And you just felt that there was this sort of momentum building up again that uh, with, with this game on the horizon that that you know, the focus was going to be on them again. And you just, you know, even just the coverage of the, the games, you know, when when he's involved with something, you get the instant replay, you get the, the, the you know, the close-up, the, you know, the, the, the discussion from the, the, the co-commentator, the pundits at halftime will talk about it. You know, you know, 10 up any incidents that happened during the game, Otherwise, we get ignored because there's other st- important stuff happening. But they, they, when it's Morelos that gets focused on, and you know that's that's the narrative that's been created around them, and uh, and you know it's noticeable even from people. Uh, I lived down in England, and last season people were you know understandably because they only see the sort of headlines. You know that uh, Morelos he sounds, sounds like a right lunatic, blah blah blah. Sent off again. Well, I was discussing with, uh, with some of my, my my work recently, and uh, he was saying, "Oh, he's really turned around. You know, it's, things have completely changed. Uh, what's happened?" And I said, "Well, you know, it was never that bad to start with. But he just gets treated in a different kind of way than than other players." And and, and he was saying, "Yeah, you're right enough." And then after the the Hibs game, he uh, he came on and said, "Oh, you're absolutely right. You know, that's exactly the." Uh, that's exactly the um, uh, you know he's been he's any other player would not have been sent off for that you know the, that incident against Hibs and uh, you know the, he was completely agreeing with what, what, what I was saying about the how he's, he's treated in a different way. Oh, it totally is, it totally is, and, and that was shown again today. You know, what I mean, but you know, I suppose the main thing is it's 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 not been detrimental to the result. You know, we've got through it, but. Uh, Aye, I just think we need to sort of look at. I don't think VAR's the 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 the, the answer to all this. I think it's better officials and don't want to go down the road as I said previously of saying, oh, you know, referees are against Rangers and all this kind of thing. But the standard of the referee in this country is <coughs> shockingly bad. However, uh, today, Ian, big big statement. You know. Uh, in, in terms of it, I don't know how you feel. I mean, I can remember uh, when Rangers won 2-0 on, 
under Soonis on, on, on the New Year's Day game at Ibrox. It was at Ibrox, not at Celtic Park, but you know, we beat them 2 0 that day. McCoyston Flex scored, and it felt like a turning moment. It, it, you know, when, when you look back in that season as a whole, that was the season we won it for the first time after nine years, and that game was, was pivotal. I, I felt, you know, it really put out a statement. I'm not saying we're going to win the league, but I think we've put out a statement that we're, we're, we're in a battle for the league here. Uh, is that how it felt to you? I mean, it's funny you should mention that game because that was exactly was going through my mind today as well. I was thinking that game, that was a game that Sunis absolutely bossed it and, uh, you know, had them running around all over the place. And uh, and it was 2-0 going on, 6-0, one of those kind of games. But I, I felt... I wouldn't say it was as quite as one-sided as that today, but I, I felt that that was the same kind of the same kind of statement. The only frustrating thing for me today is that because we've got a game in hand, we're still behind them. So if if we were level on games and we'd won that extra game already, and we would now be ahead, that I would feel much more confident and pleased and uh, and delighted than 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 I am at the moment. So at the moment, I'm still thinking, well, we're still behind, so we need to. Uh, you know, we need to sort of win that game. That's, that's going to be the key, isn't it? Is coming back after the winter break and continuing the momentum and and trying to get um, trying to get uh, that continuing on after the the winter break. Because last that was where I think things fell down a wee bit. Last season was, uh, was you know we won the game before the the break against Celtic and then came back and lost I think to Kilmarnock and that sort of took the momentum straight out of it. So. I think David's back with us. David, are you there? Yeah, you can, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. At, at that point that Ian's just made, how important, we're going into the winter break now, as Ian's pointed out, you know, we, we won the game on the 29th last season, put ourselves in, a, in a, a fairly decent position and then the first game back after the winter break. Now, there was mitigating circumstances because we never got this, the Scottish Cup game against Cowden Beath so we went into that Kilmarnock game slightly cold don't think that will happen this time because the game against uh, is it Strenraer that game's at Ibrox so regardless of the weather we take a lot for it to be called off at Ibrox so you would imagine we would have our game under our belts before the next uh, league game but even still how important is it we can continue this momentum now and really hold their feet to the fire well, it's vitally important um, that goes without saying I think you know, you've touched on there, Colin. Um, we've got a, a run of games coming up where you know, I think four of the next five league games are at Ibrox. You know, we, we, we play Stranar on a Friday night and then um, the next midweek we've got St Mun at Ibrox. Then we, I think we play with our game in hand against Ross County. Uh, and then we've got uh, Aberdeen and then... Sorry, bigger part. I think we play Hearts away at Tynecastle, and we play Aberdeen and Hibs at Ibrox. So we've got a, an opportunity to rack up some points at home. Um, but with regards to coming back from the, the winter break, I think um, last season, obviously, the first game back was, was in, in my opinion, um, the, the first sign of a real naivety for Stevie Gerrard in his, his, his first season as a manager when we did it rugby part. And, you know, against our closest rivals beneath us in the, in the league, away from home, on a, a shocking plastic surface, and played two guys and they kicked a ball for months. And Stephen uh, Stephen Davis and Jermaine Defoe, even though Defoe obviously scored his first goal that night. Um, 
So I think I think Stevie will have learned from that. He's he's, he's made mention of that in some of his his press uh, conferences or you know media conferences with the, uh, the club's TV channel. So I think he, he realizes that you know it's imperative that we don't stumble and make the same mistakes again. And I I fully expect him not to. This team are growing. I mean, you guys have been I'm speaking about it all season. We've been playing really really well in in Europe. Um, we've not been outclassed by any manner of means in, in that arena. Um, we're going up against a good side today that, 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 that's obviously playing at home. Um, they've won 10 out of the last 10 trophies, a successful side, and we've, we've, we've bossed them. You know, in the second time in the space of three weeks, we've, we've, we've played them off the park in, in many respects um, over 180 minutes. So, uh, I, I, I think that there's a different feeling. You guys have mentioned it there, they happened back to the the game at New Year and uh, Graham Roberts' first old fun game at Ibrox. And that, that day was momentous in terms of that season. And I think, you know, th- there are certain parallels with, with today's game, but obviously getting that monkey off her back in terms of winning at their place is another step in the normalisation in the playing side of Rangers. So um, I fully expect us to go on and, and, uh, and do the best. I, I think it is, is pretty um, helpful that we've got a Scottish Cup game at home against lower league opposition to get us back into the swing of things. I know Stevie said that they're going to play a game, a bounce game in Dubai, just to make sure that the you know they're keeping the, the engine ticking over, so to speak. So <laughs> I think I think I'm confident coming back in January. Go on. Yeah, I would agree absolutely. I think uh, I think you're right. I think Stephen Gerrard uh, sounds like a man, and I think we've discussed this again a couple of times in the pod. We've We've discussed that he's evolving as a manager. You know, he does seem to be someone who's learning from his mistakes. Looks to me like he got through last season and at the end of it knew where the issues were and that's where he strengthened. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's vital that we continue that momentum. I think the game against Renra, uh on the Friday night, easing us back into it and probably that bounce game you mentioned should help as well. Guys, conscious of time, uh, so I'm just going to bang the Colmarnock game from the, the agenda because I think we can all agree that we played fairly well. Uh, we deserved to win. Morelos was onside. Job done, really. So we can we can bang that. Uh, I'll try and do a quick two or three minutes before we wrap things up uh, on, the, on the January window and movement players in and out. Ian, uh, there's, there's, there's been a few things in the paper over the last week that I've seen you know Andy King looks to be heading out in January Greg Docherty he also looks to be on his way out we've been linked with Olivier Giroud uh, we'll start with Andy King would, would you make of that situation? It's just not really worked out has it? So I mean you know if the, I wouldn't be at all surprised if he goes I think it's almost certain that he is going to uh, return to, to Leicester and probably move on from there to, to somewhere else uh, for the rest of the season. Um, it was there's no major problem with it. I don't think you know we, we brought him in. He, he, if he if he was required, we would have used him. But obviously, he's not better than any of the players that we're, we've got playing. So you know we don't need him. You know get him off the the payroll and uh, and get. Uh, and use that money for something else or, or whatever. Uh, with, with Greg Doherty, I don't know. I mean, I, he he did well on loan. At, um, was it Shrewsbury he was with? Shrewsbury, yeah. Um, 
and they did well there. But I mean, you look at the level that they're playing at. It's I know we we do the Scottish game down sometimes, but I mean, we're, you know, we're we're way above that level, and the expectations are so much higher. So I mean, I'd I'd love him to 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 do well at Rangers because he's obviously a uh, living the dream. Um, but you know, there's no room for sentimentality, I suppose. But you know, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him go out and loan again uh, for the rest of the season. Whether he's going permanently or not, I don't know. But I would, I would be surprised if he's he's still he's still playing for the rest of the season. Um, Giroud, to me, is pie in the sky. That's never going to happen. I'd be happy to be proved wrong, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> David, uh, in in terms of the overall business in January. I mean, Gerard has spoke previously about a need to uh, trim the squad, uh, and I think our new director of football, uh, Ross Wilson, has said the same. So, are you expecting more outs than ins? Yeah, like like yourselves, um, I think there will be a, a fair degree of squad trimmage. Um, I like that word, trimmage. I like that, David. That's I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was I was about to mention this is this is a, a you know the first window we were actually going to see Ross Wilson in action in the transfer market. Um, so I dare say part of his remit um, where possibly Mark Allen fell down was you know the, the, the kind of failure to to move some fringe players on. Um, I think over and above the three guys that you've mentioned, I think uh, possibly Jack Anik could be. Moving to Blackpool for a nominal fee, he's already there on loan. Um, I fully expect Wes Fodringham to move on. Um, it might not happen in this window, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Uh, I think also Mark Polster, um, much to the consternation of the range of support with regards to his misses, could find he's, <laughs> uh, he's, he's moving on. Um, so I, I'd like to I'd like to see you know what they've got up their sleeve. I think um, with regards to the Olivier Giroud situation, I in first you know when you hear about it at first, you're thinking it's possibly pie in the sky. You know conspiracy theorists might go out. Oh, well, does that mean that Morelos is possibly moving to Chelsea? Um, that, that I mean that's a big leap there. That's just me you know possibly putting two and two together and come up with, with fifty. Never mind five, um, but. I'd be surprised if, if Olivier Giroud came in and someone didn't move on. Um, but I, I fully expect uh, Ross Wilson to pull a, a rabbit out of the hat. I think that's that's part of his, a big part of his remit. Obviously, you know, the, the kind of youth side of um, his job is, is is pretty pretty big. But he's obviously he's been tasked with moving on players. I feel sorry for Greg Doherty um, to an extent. Uh, I think that the managers went on record with some of his press conferences and said that he feels for him, that he just can't, he can't get him in at the side. Andy King, uh, he's, uh, it's just not hard for him. Um, he broke down by an injury during the, uh, the last couple of months and he just not found a way into the squad. So it'll be interesting to see what happens in January. It'll be interesting to see how we go about our business. I mean, obviously, I think one of the big things that, you know, without extending the show too, too long here, um, I think one of the big things that since Gerard's come in is a lot of things don't happen in the papers. It's it's it's, it's almost the polar opposite to the way David Murray conducted business. That we are, you know, 
as a fan, you were picking up the tabloid press and you were linked to players constantly. Obviously, you know, times have changed with transfer windows and whatnot, but um, I like the way Rangers are going about their business. You know, it tends to be that, you know, we hear something and then a player gets signed or vice versa, you know, we hear something and a, a player exits. So it'll be interesting to observe how we, we go about the transfer window. Yeah, I agree. I'm quite looking forward. I expect more... Uh... Outs and ins, I must admit. Uh, I do think, like yourself, David, I think there might be a wee surprise coming. That might just be me wishful thinking. I don't know. The one I do feel sorry for is, I'm, I'm probably going to agree with you, the, the two he's here is Greg Docherty. I, I just think uh, he's just been really unlucky. You know, the, the players that we've signed in, in, in that area of the park, you know, he's just not been able to, to get in and and nail down a position and, and sort of grow into becoming a Rangers player. It's just no harm for him. So I do feel for him because, as, as Ian said, he's, he's a Rangers boy and he's he's sort of living the dream. And those are the ones you want to see make it. But uh, I, th- I think I've kind of come to the conclusion that it's probably not going to happen for him. Certainly not in the near future. So uh, if it's not a loan deal, I, th- I think he'll, he'll definitely go out uh, on a permanent move. Uh, and I think we'll call it time there, guys. We're a wee 10 minutes over, but I totally expected that because it was a great day, an absolutely brilliant day. Lots to talk about, lots to get through. Uh, brilliant result at Celtic Park, so happy to extend the show by 10 minutes or so. So that's all from this excellent episode of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast, which is made by fans for fans, where the content is absolutely free. Now, a big thanks to, to David and Ian for their contributions tonight. Thanks very much, guys. And I wish them both uh, a happy new year. Uh, I would also like to extend that thought to everyone who's con- contributed to the podcast through the year. So Ross Bennett, uh, David Wren, Stuart Weir, David Tomlinson, Christine Somerville, Lewis McMillan, John McCallum, Ian Leeper, uh, David and the boss Frankie and, and and Ian as well. To everyone who's who's contributed to to Jersey, I hope they have a, a, a great New Year and that they had a great Christmas. To all you listeners and everyone who's contributed tonight on the the, the YouTube uh, chat section, I uh, hope you have a great New Year as well. I hope you're enjoying your night. I hope you're having a few beers and celebrating a great result for Rangers. Uh, no show next week, probably, because obviously we're, we're, it's the winter break. Uh, we'll probably be back the week after that. In the meantime, however, get yourself on to Jersnet and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Wherever you are, Bears, have a great night, have a good few beers, and let them know that we are the people. And until next time, bye for now. <laughs>